Have you ever had to answer questions from your employees about what the next step in their career looks like? Well, we're going to talk about that and a lot more with Matt Patrick here on the One Step Better podcast. This is the One Step Better podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. What is the earliest thing that you remember getting rewarded for? So going back to your earliest childhood memories, yep. what was the award that you received? I found out I was competitive very early on in life. And kindergarten, we if we could name all the books of the Bible, we got a little Bible pin that you could wear on your, like, your shirt or whatever. First one in the class. Yeah. <laughs> Day two, I got no, no. Day. It wasn't for day two. It was much longer than that. But I, I also, I, a lot of people don't know this. I cannot memorize things. So, my, I remember exactly where I was. It was. My mom made orange poster boards. Oh wow! And we did flashcards first, and then we wrote them all on post, orange poster boards. And that's how I learned books of the Bible. And then my first grade class, it was you had to get to page fifty to get a Bible at school. I got, you got a Bible with your name on it and stuff, and. Uh, and, the, and they called the victory drill book. And it was like, you had to read all these words. And then it was how fast you could read first in my class. Kindergarten. First kindergarten, first grade. Those are my first yeah. things I remember winning. I, remember, uh, I was on a basketball team that went undefeated, won the Lost. championship. Oh, and then we the got like our picture was in the paper. Um, but man, it, that is nuts. How, like how many things, like we're oh, yeah. super competitive people. Yep. And my kids are the same way. That started I, as a kid. Yeah. I, I probably hate losing a lot more than I like winning, which is normal, I think. Yeah, I, I hate losing. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Losing is not fun. Winning is, is a blast. I like winning. But losing I is hate losing. not fun. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think similarly, uh, a lot of our employees, uh, they're competitive. There's yeah. there's a bit of that spirit here. Um, and one of the ways in which they can be a little bit competitive is in their own career trajectories. And they want to make sure that there is an opportunity to win in their role. And we we talk about that a lot. And we, we strive to produce some different ways in which our team can win in their roles. But one of the ways in which people do win is really through promotions or advancement opportunities in business. Yeah. And I find this one to be uh, really difficult to try to have clear, clearly communicated long-term advancement opportunities that are thought about on the front end in a small business. And, and part of that's simply because we just, you know, we don't know. We, we have goals and we have, you know, plans, but we're not a FedEx where we know that, hey, you know what? You can start at, you know, level one and there's a clear two, three, four, five, six, seven to get eventually to 10. You know, our level one goes to level two and then the very top of our scale is maybe level three. We're not, you know, we're not yeah. super. Like, oh, now we'll get to level three. Hmm. What's We're next? We're going to need a level four. I wish I figure that out. Yeah. We need to create a level four. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's difficult because one of the questions that I get asked every single time in our interview process um, by qualified candidates is something along the lines of what does it look like to advance here? Yep. How do you answer that question? Uh, it's, it's hard to define. And I agree with you, but I look at our leaders are all prime examples of it. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Was it ever defined that you or Kim or Shelby, when you were hired, had a trajectory of path that took you to leadership? No. You started off as a staff accountant in a meteoric, meteoric rise to the top, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, 
It was, this is a person who has characteristics that I think would be good for this role that we're trying to fill. We kind of identified role on the fly and then person, hmm, this person on our team is already really good at this role. I think this is somebody we could do. And so it has been hard. Obviously, you know, we've gone from, we've doubled our staff in the last three or four years. And if you look back before that, we doubled our staff three or four years before that. So we didn't have roles yeah. to know we needed roles. We just said, okay, I need this role today filled. But each of the people that, are, that have progressed our organization, we have a lot of people that have progressed through different steps in our, in our org. But it all started with, huh, we need this new role identified and filled, not the other way around. We have a person for a role. We have the role yeah. for a person. I think the the another kind of part that's hard about it is we're a fast growing business and we like right now we have 33 people on our team and we know in five or 10 years that there are going to be roles and we've probably even identified some that we will need then because we're going to be, you know, double in size again or significantly yep. bigger. Our problem though is I may need that role in eight years from now if we stay on plan but if we have a couple of years of crazy growth like we've had historically, that eight-year plan may turn into a two-year plan. So I yep. may need that role a lot quicker than I thought. And to try to promise that on the front end is difficult because you may be five, six, seven years developmentally in your own abilities, skills, whatever it may be, to be in that role. But it turns out I need that role a lot sooner. Correct. So I can't necessarily say, hey, you're going to start as a staff accountant. And in five years, you're going to be a director of a product or something yeah. like that. Um, now, it doesn't mean that that possibility doesn't exist. It just means that it's not clearly defined because Absolutely. it changes so, so often. Yeah, and I think through this with the lens of what ends up happening is because we, ha we do a really good job, I think, of hiring the right people, we give them additional responsibilities or taste of roles and identify skill sets that we didn't know that they had when we hired them. Or likewise, they're going to fill a seat in a role until they either need to remove one of their hats or two of their hats or five of their hats. Um, and I think of that as how, you know, Kim had a section of clients for a long time and now no longer is she serving clients. She's working yeah. in a role on the front end. Whereas you, like the same thing for you, you were in a payroll seat turn into a payroll manager seat for us, which was supervising our payroll team. As that role continues to develop, you took some of those roles as payroll manager off of you, and then it turned into, okay, well, I need to I need to add these other responsibilities from the firm, and you still had some of the old roles you had too. So your your hats became, you had went from three hats to 10 hats and then back to three hats. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how my, I mean, I, when I started it was I had 15 hats or 20 hats, whatever it was, and slowly but surely, either I've had to add a new hat, but like I didn't really have to manage a lot of people in the beginning, or I didn't have to worry about, you know, um, let's say quality control. I was the one person doing the work. But now, in hindsight, like I, I'm sitting in those roles, but I'm not sitting in the role of, okay, all right, I'm the one copying and packaging tax returns, you know, yeah. whatever that may be. So. Yeah. But it, on, the, on the recruiting side, it's really important to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. Because there are, I mean, especially in a, an employee's labor market, they're going to want to find an opportunity to not just, hey, I'm not looking for a job for today. I'm looking for a possibility to advance. And, you know, what does my career look like in five years, 10 years, whatever that whatever that answer is. I think you said it well. And that's how I answer the question whenever I get asked. It's we don't have clearly defined roles. Here's why we don't. Um, but 
the heart of your question is, is there opportunities for advancement? And that's absolutely true. And I can point to multiple people in our organization that started on one in one role has moved up into something that's completely different. And so um, our our big thing there is if you add value to the firm, you're going to get rewarded for that addition of value. Um, but you're not going to get promoted simply because you've been in a seat for a year, two years, three Correct. years. It's, you know, we, we don't necessarily operate that way. If you want to raise, if you want promotion, if you want more opportunity, show your value and you'll get it. Absolutely. And, and I think like in our mindset, which is the, I have a mentality that I think everybody should have the opportunity to win, which means, you know, we want them to re- be rewarded for production. We want them to be rewarded for uh, their attitude. I want them to be rewarded for uh, taking on new responsibilities. And that happens through compensation. That happens through uh, new responsibilities. That happens through uh, new opportunities for them to grow in areas that they never even thought about being in. And I think that's a, a way for us to adapt our our lack of defined roles in that. No, there's there's no there's no shortage of of opportunities for you to grab more responsibility, yeah. which is what really what that really amounts to yeah. in my mind. And, and I think and be that, rewarded for that. Yeah, because it's not. I think we do a good job of, hey, you know what? If you're going to go chase down that other thing and you're going to go kill it, drag it home, and it's going to add value to the firm then you're going to be rewarded for that in some way. Sometimes that's just additional compensation. Other times that may be a title or, yeah. or a, a different role. Um, it, it, you know, it looks different depending upon the circumstance, but we do a good job of recognizing that and rewarding that when it happens. And at some point we can, like that's the story we have to tell because there isn't a, all right, you're going to come in here, then you're going to go there, then you're going to go there, then you're going to go there. Next thing you know, you're going to be maybe a VP of marketing or whatever. Yep. I think smaller businesses, they deal with that all the time where it, there's everybody for the most part is a generalist at some point, but then you start to get a little bit more specialized or you get a little bit bigger and you need, you have a need for more specialty mm-hmm. um, knowledge. And then that, and that's where you, I think it really kind of lends itself to kind of some micro progressions in their career. Um, you see this a lot of times in like governmental work, which is probably the worst example of, of winning in a role, but you'll have like, you know, I'm going to be a, tax specialist one, one and then I'm going to go to a tax specialist two and no then new three, responsi- but no new four. responsibilities, yeah. just a new title. It's just, yeah. And it's because I was there for six months or right. yep. you know, I didn't leave after the first week. So I got a two after my name, something like that. Yep. And I'm not a big fan of tenure based micro progressions. Um, but I am a fan of, um, some event milestone based micro progressions where in our world, our customer success team, um, can become subject matter experts based on their knowledge about a particular thing. Uh, and sometimes that's not always rewarded with necessarily a title because what's the, you know, we're a small business. There's not yeah. a customer success specialist one and a, yeah. you know, client success specialist too, but um, there are definitely uh, availability for adjustments in pay, you know, yeah. for becoming more experts in, in different things. Um, and, and if you think about career progression really as a motivator, those micro progressions can be a way to do that. That's a little bit, le- it feels a little less um, concrete and big than like, all right, we got 10 roles in our entire company. Yeah. So now we're going to make you the leader of eight of those roles. Right. Ooh, that feels very permanent. And a lot of times it feels very much, 
uh, not in line with a person's typical, maybe their, their leadership abilities or skill set. Yeah. That's a scary part. I think now is we've, you know, sometimes put people into a, I'll say manager role. They're not managing anybody mm -hmm. or, and they're maybe managing a client relationship. They're not managing people like title doesn't necessarily fit responsibilities. And that's also hard to un unwind that yeah. sometimes. Um, you know, I think about our, the roles that we've hired recently that were non-traditional accounting firm roles or, or payroll firm roles, you know, like our sales and marketing department, or we talked about like, we've gone into the, you know, the benefit administration work that we're doing, or even administrative people in different seats. Those progressions are harder for us to identify because what we really do is we put, we have this general seat that we put different skills in. And if you take eight of the hats, that's awesome. You can yeah. take four of the hats though. It may just be just as awesome. So we yeah. have to figure out what we want to use each person's best skill set in the role. And so it does make it where like the next progression isn't, isn't a title change. It's here's another role I want you to fill and we'll yeah. change compensation for that. And, and it's almost like almost a new job. It is in a lot of ways. Additional job for or, sure. Yeah. Addition, yeah. Cause there, there is, there's always a transitional period. I like that flexibility. I like to be, I like to be able to say, Hey, you know what? You're going to come in and you're going to be in this role and we're going to, um, and you're going to absolutely add value to the organization and you're going to be rewarded for your work in that role. But also at the same time, we're watching you and, and we're learning about you and, and what you're good at, and what you like to do and what your skill set really lends itself to that we didn't know about in maybe the five or six hours of interviewing that we yep. did before we hired you. And then that turns into a lot of times like, oh, you know what? You're really good at this. And now I have a greater need for that. Yep. Let's, you know, are you interested in maybe making a transition? We, we did that with one of our, uh, our salespeople here recently that was selling one, one of our services, saw desire and hunger and a skill set that may open itself up to selling more than just that one service. So you sit down and have the conversation of, hey, I think there's a possibility here. What do you think? He's like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And that, that turns into, in some ways, that's a, it's not necessarily a role change. You're still selling for us. Um, but the responsibilities and the, in, in, in all the things that come with additional responsibility mm -hmm. come with that, that change and the flexibility of being able to do that without, you know, maybe being pigeonholed on the front end of, all right, I'm looking for a very specific person in a very specific role is, I think it's harder to fill. It is, you know, I, I think, you know, we've gone, through, we've done some initial work with working, the idea of working genius, which is very, very in lightning to me, but I also think about the EOS mindset of get it, want it and capacity to do it. But, and so if you don't always know those things and you find like, Oh, they're really good at this area of things. It could be how they, you know, they're really, you know, detail oriented, or whatever those things make it really identifiable for you to put, Oh, I, I have a really core responsibility. I would need somebody to fill that. I think you're ideal for, and that allows that us to use everybody's strengths as best as possible around the organization. And so if, if you're a small business owner, that's just really trying to one, make your workplace look attractive from the outside and inside uh, from an employee standpoint, what are some of the things that you can do to, to communicate that value of, Hey, you know what? I'm not hiring you to be in this role forever. There's still possibilities to advance. Yeah. The things that come in my mind right away is the idea of this, of what I call the ideal org chart or a functional org chart which is what are the functions or responsibilities that you have in your organization today that you can put names on? And that person may have a name in five boxes today, but also as they get a, a path of, here's the, all the roles and responsibilities at some point we're gonna need in the organization. And, and 
that may not be a title name, but that could definitely be a person, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think of that as one of the exercises we did at the beginning of EOS, which was what roles do we need filled? What leader roles do we want to have filled? And then I remember going back way back when, and I basically had to create a, a functional work chart of here's all the things that we do in the organization and whose name is on them today. And that's where we use the logic of hats. Yeah. And, uh, okay, which hats do you not want to be doing today that you, that you shouldn't be doing or which hats are somebody else best suited for? I think that's where I would start. Yeah, I think that small business owners are dreamers to some extent, some more than others, but they're dreamers to some extent. And if you sit down and you just really dream about where you want your organization to be in 5 or 10, 15, 30 years, however long it is, then you, you can start to back into, well, and if I'm going to be maybe a $50 million business, I'm probably going to need maybe some finance and administration seats. Yep. I'm probably going to need a CFO. I'm probably going to need, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you can paint that picture. And then from there, don't be afraid to get maybe some marketing people involved to help tell that story. Because I don't, I don't think every person needs, I know I don't, I don't need a clearly defined, this is that trajectory. What I do need is I need to know that if I help this organization win, that I'm going to win. And that's good enough because for some people like me, that's that works for you, but that probably doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. But, but if you, if you are more like me, the, the clear trajectory is restrictive, right? Because, Oh, I really like, you know, maybe role number one, and part of and number role four. number two, but as I get into three or four, that doesn't sound fun. Five or six does, and now I like that can kind of be a bit of a turnoff. I like the freedom and flexibility to kind of pave my own way. Now you're absolutely right. I'm not. Not everybody is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still have to be able to tell the story, and which is what we do. It's it's I can point to multiple people that started here and that are now there, yeah. and it's simply because they added value. We learned about their skill set, and we, in some uh, circumstances, we made a role for that because it, we knew it was going to drive more value for our organization. And so you have to be able to tell that story. Yep. Uh, and and it's not it's you know, I, I think we started down this path of marketing is great for you know business growth, but there's also a component of marketing that has to be done for employee growth. Yeah, recruiting part of it, the marketing I think is just as critical, or if not more critical, than the sales side. I mean, it, it is getting the story to your potential employees and why you think your organization is a attractive place to work. You know, I, I we talked about a minute ago, which is that working genius was very interesting to me. You know, he writes the book from the perspective he was in a role early on his organization that he loved. And as he progressed, he got into areas of the organization he didn't love as much. Yeah. So understanding that a progression path is only as good as putting people at the strengths that they think is the right fit for them and, yeah. and putting them in the best position to succeed. Um, I think that's something we can do to work on. I think it's something, a small business, it's really hard. You have a lot of jack of all trades in the beginning and that's yeah. important. And you have to be, you want the people that are flexible and malleable enough to jump into all kinds of different roles because that's what you need. You need a Swiss army knife still, but at some point you're going to get people with a, I want a specific knife for a specific job. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, uh, it, it usually happens as your organization kind of grows and and molds into what you want it to be. It's hard time. to see the exact time yeah, that no. that transition happens because it's a phase. It's not a, oh, you know what? I need a journalist today, and tomorrow I need a specialist in these yep. ten areas. Yep. It is a it is a phase that you go through, and you kind of ha- it's you yeah, just kind of have to mature through that. Yeah, we've struggled with that. You know, not struggle. We've had that conversation a lot about okay, we need to specialize in some areas, 
but do we have a critical enough mass to specialize yeah. yet, or do we need to just do a better job of being a little deeper in the general pool still? And it's a hard balance as, you know, yeah. most businesses would be, I, I think, run to the same problems we have there. Yeah. I think, you know, for a small business owner, they got to ask themselves um, if they believe that it's possible for their employees to have a long-term career at their company. Uh, because, you know, some people may just simply say, hey, you know what, I know that if I bring somebody in, it's going to be a three, four, 10, you know, whatever it is, there's going to be a, a capped tenure and they're going to transition. And if that's the case and you're good with that, then that's perfectly fine. Just, you know, make sure that you're communicating that up front and, and that your all your systems and processes are built towards that. Um, but I think a lot of business owners, especially small business owners, they would love to have long-term employees that are going to really grow with the company. And so you have to start with asking yourself and answering the question is, do I believe it's possible? Yep. And, and if you do, then you have to really be able to paint the picture of what that career is going to look like. Um, and it doesn't have to be a finished product that, you know, has clear, these are the 30 steps to success at Patrick Accounting. Um, it can be as general as here's where we're going. We're I going. think this is how we're going to get there. And these are some of the, some of the things that we're going to have to learn along the way. Yep. And then you got to find the people to, to fill those seats. And, and what I was just kind of lastly, you know, kind of bringing this through is in order to paint that picture, right, you have to have a clear vision of where you want to go yeah. and articulating that and putting that on paper and having, you know, your vision, your mission, your values, your core, your, your core values of what, what you are as an organization are, we're going to sell you on why they need to work there. Cause that helps you get them get to know where we're trying to go. Like that 10 year, five year, three year vision. And I think that helps a lot. Absolutely. So if you've been able to answer the question, uh, you know, is it possible for an employee to have a long-term career here? And you've painted that picture in all of your marketing efforts and your team clearly knows it. Um, then just sit back and be comfortable in the fact that that evolution is going to come, that people are going to be able to stick along with you and they're going to be able to grow in their career. Uh, but if you haven't yet done that, take some, take some time. To, you know, it's a 15-minute exercise. It doesn't going to take a, you know, a ton of time. And really just think through what does it look like for a person inside of my organization to advance and to grow and to progress in their career. Um, and then go back to your team and, and, and don't be afraid to talk about it because you'll most likely find that you're going to have some people that want that very detailed path, but you're also going to have a lot of people that are completely okay with just the general idea that I know that there is an opportunity for me to grow in this environment. So thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. If you have any questions or feedback or input, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us at one step better at works.com. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you.